the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. Second hour of the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. If you missed the first hour because you're listening, say, just right now, there's a podcast available. First hour is dedicated to hardcore market data. And in today's example, an interview with a hardcore economics numbers nut cruncher, uh, McKinsey consultant, Victor Chang. So if you missed it, go check it out at 910kennyw.com, 910kennyw.com. First half is all market. Second half of that first hour is all him. But he said some pretty interesting and pretty insightful things. Okay, so I've done a market recap briefly. If I were to give you a condensed version of a market recap today, uh, we woke up and we learned that Japan's got some exporting issues. The worldwide markets pooped out. They just they didn't like that news. They did not want to see that news. Now, we were due for a pullback, so now we're getting a pullback. So I'm not freaked out by the cause of this. It doesn't really blow my mind in any way, shape, or form. Stocks dive amid renewed worries about the world economy. If you thought we were going to get out of it with one quick band-aid of a spending stimulus plan, you're wrong. What we got into took years and years and years of making matters worse, whether it be on real estate prices, whether it be about debt levels, whether it be about investments that were never meant to be, dot-coms, for instance, whether it be our continuing government expansion at the belt. One thing that I used to bank on as an investor was that our government will continue to spend more money. So we really need more of a belt every year, or we're going to have to open it up as our waist gets wider and wider and wider. Today, other big stories of note, home builder confidence in the United States rises to the highest level in a year. To me, that's a non-story because homeowner, home builders are useless. They're a bad indicator. Um, they were confident when things were at an all-time high that things were going to continue at an all-time high. So I'm just not all that, just not all that into their opinion. Natural gas drops to a seven-year low on very slow rebound for demand of natural gas. We got too much of it. Stay away from natural gas. The natural gas plays just haven't worked as we wanted them to. And even with hurricanes buzzing in the Gulf, natural gas is is still hitting that, that those lows. It's a bit... Ugh. It's a little bit of a, uh, I, th- I think that's the best way of throwing that out there. President Obama said yesterday that he's backing away from the public health insurance plan as far as he's going to embrace cooperatives over a government-run plan. Dollars higher today. That means commodities should go lower if this dollar play continues. And I think it does. And I think that's part of our give back. I think that's part of our correction. I'm good with that. Other stories of note today, New York factories expanded in the month of August. Tech stocks are selling off. Retail stocks are selling off. Energy stocks are selling off. Airline stocks are selling off. Capital One's card charge off in the month of July climbed to 9.8% from 9.7%. You know what I'm actually finding humorous? 
is how many of you people, and when I say you people, I mean that in a derogatory way, how many of you people email me and say, I've always paid my credit card on time, and now my credit card company's cutting down my limits, and my credit card company's upping my, my interest rate. It's not about you. It's about the system. And when Capital One gets 9.8% people having to charge off their money that is owed to them, you better believe they're going to cut their exposure to you and charge you more because they need to make that money back in some way, shape, or form. Or they think they need to make that money back in some way, shape, or form. People take it personally. Capital One is basically, and I mean this lovingly, they're the, the junkie dealer on the end of the road, on the, at the end of the street corner. They're willing to give you money, but at an interest rate. Now, if prevailing interest rates are at 1% in the United States, what you can get at the money markets, they're willing to give it to you at 10, 12, 13, 14%. But when people stop paying them back, they're willing to give it to you at 20%. Because they understand that, you know, they can only break so many legs until they run out of money themselves. Did I just really compare Capital One to a, uh, a drug dealer? I suppose I did. And that's the thing you got to know is that they are in a business of short-term loans. They're not in a business of a relationship with you. That's only part of it. Chinese commodity imports expected to slow. This is another story tied towards why I think commodity prices should drop a little bit. Chinese commodity imports expected to slow in the second half of this year from record levels as the impact of the country's stimulus package, arbitraging opportunities, and stockpiling are starting to fade. There's something that's weird about China. They seem to be importing a lot more commodities than they're using to create exports for their, business, their economy. Market has been expecting a slowdown from Chinese imports for the past three months, but when the data for July iron ore and crude oil imports were published last week, it was another sharp increase to record highs. China's imports of commodities, including copper, aluminum, coal, iron ore, crude oil, surged in the first half this year despite a worldwide economic slowdown. So the question is, why are they holding on to this stuff? They're building stockpiles. As they say, okay, we got enough copper for a couple of years to meet our government mandates. You should see copper prices get a little bit weaker, especially with a stronger dollar. Today, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, they've granted temporary approval for Portalic's biotherapeutics drug candidate, PRGCD. Now, if you've never heard of Protalic's biotherapeutics, that might be a good opportunity for you to go look at the stock. I'm not going to do it because I really don't care about smaller companies in the world of medical, um, in the pharmaceuticals. So this product for a drug candidate is a treatment for the rare genetic disorder, Gaucher disease. Now, I don't even know what a Gaucher disease is. I probably should, but I don't. As an investor, I know when, I, when I'm in over my head, I can't understand it. I don't understand the scientists involved in it. I don't understand the market for Gaucher disease. I don't understand how big it can get. I don't see the pie. Now, remember, my pie charts are made with real pie. But your pie charts, when looking at potential drug, you know, how much of a market can they get? How big is the market? Is it a market that's growing for Gaucher disease? Or is Gaucher disease declining because we're killing off all the Gauchers? I don't know. So sometimes the best thing you could do is say, I don't know. Now, Walmart got an interesting upgrade today to buy from hold. Retailer is a favorable blend of defensive qualities. So an analyst is saying, they've got defensive qualities. 
from consumers trading down, say from Target to Walmart, the fact that Walmart's number one and they've got low cost because they're number one. Walmart's a mean, tough company. They used to hold their big summit for their distributors, for people giving them product. Distributors is the wrong word. I'd say their wholesale inventory. And they would have two people come out with a hammer and they'd say, one company would say, we've got this great hammer. It's strong and it can hammer nails super fast and it's $4. And then a nail company right next to them says, we've got this great hammer. It's almost as good as theirs. Not quite, but it's three fifty. So what Walmart would do is go back to the first guy and say, lower your price. We'll sell millions and millions and millions of hammers for you if you lower your price. They're a mean, tough company. That's what I like about them. They've got international exposure. They've got discretionary general merchandise upside. For instance, I want a new TV. I now know enough about LEDs and mountable TVs, and I now know enough that I no longer feel that I have to go to Best Buy to get my new TV. I now feel that I can go to a discounter or a wholesaler and get a TV. I now know that the market's been out there and I'm no longer paying $2,000 for a big old 50-incher. I'm now paying $1,000. So some people are willing to go away from the local electronics store or the local Best Buy, and they're willing to do it on their own now. But when the technology was first out there five, ten years ago, we were a little bit more leery. We, you know, we didn't want to get into a projector television system only to learn that projector television systems are no longer hot and cool. So Walmart has a little bit of that going on for them. HP. HP gets a little analyst love today. And real quick, back to Walmart. So they got the low end consumer that they've always had. They've got the number one retailer position that they've always had, so that keeps their margins tight. They've got people downsizing towards them, but they also have high end, better margin product selling better as people are using them as ways to get some, you know, luxuries at discount prices. Now Hewlett Packard today out in the news. They look to report their earnings per share at above upper end guidance. So that's Tuesday after the market closes. So tomorrow you get HP. HP is run by a guy named Mark Hurd. And he's famous for UPOD. He underpromises, he overdelivers. Men, let me give you some advice. When you first meet a woman and you want to charm her, play the UPOD game. Don't play the OPOD, OPOD game. Don't overpromise and underdeliver because she'll become bitter. Don't, you know, flash the Jaguar that she later finds out is a rental. Don't say, you know, you're all that in a bucket of chicken in bed only to be one minute. UPOD is the right way to go in your world. UPOD is the right way to go in investments. Mark Hurd runs a great company because he underpromises, overdelivers. He's going to overdeliver this quarter. Intel overdelivered, Cisco overdelivered, Seagate overdelivered. That's the ecology that this guy works in, and he's the king of UPod. Take a break here. Be right back on the Rob Black Show. 800 345 5639.
Talk 910 KNEW, helping you make sense of the complicated world of money and finance. This is Rob Black. Tough jumping in on Iggy Thump. You just enjoy that bass so much. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Um, beginning to the end, there's an article in today's Wall Street Journal about real estate prices. And it starts off with the, all the obvious. Obvious eyes. Factor in falling mortgage rates. Housing starts look cheap for a lot of measures. 30-year mortgage rates around 5%. Historical uh, low standard, so to speak, um, is the national nightmare over. And what I like about this article is that they give you all the positives, but then they give you a lot of the negatives too. First and foremost, they say that late spring is usually the strongest selling period. Therefore, we should have the the close in the gap falling prices. Is a lot of people want to get the kids in the new house during the summer and get them ready for school. Now, there's a glut of empty houses, and this is a really difficult picture to imagine right now. That, yes, inventories look like they're getting smaller, but one thing that's happening is people are taking their house off the market and they're putting it into a rental scenario. So a lot of unsold houses have simply been put up for rent, which means that there's a glut of empty rentals. New waves of foreclosures and distress sales may also be coming in states such as California. It could take months for delinquencies to turn into foreclosures, which means last winter's bad news may still be coming down the road for California foreclosures. As for the economy, both unemployment and household debt remains extremely extremely at high levels. So household debt high, unemployment high. This is bad news for housing. The combination is really incredibly bad. So what I want you to focus on, the fundamentals. Technically, we may be done falling for a while, but the fundamentals are still rotten. And you know what a rotten tooth will eventually get you, a cracked tooth. So we may get a crack in real estate that takes us even lower. It still remains cheaper to rent in most markets than to own. The biggest bubbles usually produce the deepest bust. For instance, the stock market from 2002 to 2006 bubble, um, 2000 2002 correction happened from 92 to 2000 in the stock market. It took three good years to clear it out, but it took eight years to happen. Now, the 2002 to 2006 real estate bubble was a doozy. Bad news may have ended after three terrible years, which we've had, but maybe not. Japanese real estate prices still haven't recovered from their 1980s bubble. So there's hopeful signs, but don't let them fool you to think that it's all clear. I do not think that we go to a glorious real estate market, maybe in my lifetime. I think we get to a neutral one, maybe by 2015, unless something significant happens between now and then. But 2002, 2006, it's over. I know it ain't over until the Germans drop the bomb on Pearl Harbor. Germans. Coke. It's it. Coke's the number one soft drink company in the world. Ticker symbol KO. Coca-Cola Company owns four of the top five soft drink brands. Do you know what they are? Four of the top five soft drink brands. Coke, Diet Coke, Fanta, and Sprite. Who would have thought Fanta's in the top five? Hey, moms. Orange soda is just as bad for your kids as Coke is. Stop feeding your kids orange soda. Now, other brands that Coca-Cola has is Barks, 
Minute Maid, Powerade, and Dasani Water. In North America, they've got their group to known Evian. They also sell the Dr. Pepper Snapple group outside of Australia, Europe, and North America. The firm also makes or licenses more than 500 drink products for over 200 nations. Although it does no bottling itself, they own 35% of a bottling company. They're a pretty interesting company. And talking about them, because over the weekend there's a, a financial newspaper that I read called Barron's, and it's B-A-R-R-O-N-S. And dudes, chicks, if you want to look smarter in the world of financial community, pick up a copy of Barron's once a month. Go down to the park, go down Christie Field and read Barron's. Enjoy the sunshine. This is not your typical San Francisco Chronicle. It's not filled with AC, AP newswire flashes. It's a pretty hardcore read. But it's, it's got the information that you absolutely positively have to have to think about, to chew on, to become a better investor. So Barron's brings up Coca-Cola and how they're using their cash, their marketing muscle, and unmatched global distribution system to take market share from rivals and to strengthen their core business. In the first hour, we talked to Victor Chang, and he said, successful companies are in sessions, take market share from rivals. Volume is growing double digits in China while management is working to bolster their relationship with Coca-Cola bottlers. So Coke is a play on China. Amongst other things, they're cutting costs and launching new products. Coke's also expanding aggressively overseas to offset some sluggish domestic volume in the United States. Now, a lot like Philip Morris, Coca-Cola, we are smoking fewer cigarettes in the United States, and we are consuming fewer sodas in the United States. Kids today drink teas, and they like them. Kids today drink caffeine you know, drinks, and they like them. They've kind of passed on the Coca-Cola. That's so mom and dad. That's so mom and dad. And kids will do anything to not be mom and dad. So they're trading right now at 15 times their 2009 earnings expectations. They're trading at roughly 15 times 2010 forecasts. So there's not going to be a lot of earnings growth expected in the company. But this is its lowest valuation in 20 years. And they've got significant exposure to fast-growing emerging markets, strong balance sheet, a solid brand, and savvy management. Coke probably deserves trade at a multiple of at least 17 times. So I think there's a lot of value inside Coca-Cola. Now, this is not my analysis. This is uh, from the article inside of Barron's. Now, it gives me an idea, and you bet, you know, that's an idea. I'm like, hey, how can I get some global exposure? How can I get some growth in China? How can I get it a play on the American dollar and not, you know, over-leverage myself? Now, again, based on valuation, Coke doesn't trade this cheap. So there's some value already right there. In the last 20 years, it hasn't been this cheap on the valuation basis. It's $48 stock. They call it a $56 stock. Is that enough for me? Uh-uh. I need a little bit more. So I want to compare it to other investments in China, like Yum! Brands, or I want to compare it to other investments in China, like you know Chinese education systems. I'm not done just from one article, but it's a pretty good article. One more good article in Barron's that really caught my eye this weekend, and it was on the retail sector. They did a report on retailers and particularly department and specialty stores. And they said that it's going to bound to disappoint executives and investors in the next few years as consumers struggle to pay down unprecedented levels of debt. Okay, pretty obvious, right? Why are the retail stocks doing so darn well? 
Now, excess borrowing in tandem with higher taxes, lower wages, and a growing need to save for retirement could put a lid on discretionary spending and thus retail sales and profits long after the Great Recession's over. I think that's the official name, by the way, the Great Recession. And I think I came up with it before the typical media latched onto it. Maybe it was just obvious because we had the Great Depression and then we had the biggest recession in our lifetime, so we kind of merged the two. U.S. consumers going to be in a secular downturn for years, not quarters. One thing that I follow is big picture economics. And the consumers now, because they've been hit in the stock market, and now that because they've been hit in the real estate market, consumers are going to save more money versus spend. Tahoe real estate prices are crashing right now, in large part because consumers are saying, you know what? I don't really need a second house. I'm just going to go get a rental in Tahoe for a week instead. I don't really need that exposure. So we're pulling back. That's not the best example, of course, but liabilities as a percentage of disposable income peaked in 2007 at just under 140% and barely have fallen since. A return to the pre-bubble ratio of the late 1990s would imply $4.4 trillion drop in household liabilities. If we go back to living like we were in the 1990s, that's a pretty, that, that's not crazy, is it? So it would wipe $4.4 trillion in liabilities out of the market. There's also been a rise in household debt relative to U.S. GDP. That ratio could correct quickly if consumers eliminate debt through bankruptcy filings or slowly if they repay borrowing and start to earn more money. In either instance, there wouldn't be much available for discretionary items. So that was a pretty good article by Barron's on the consumer. I share with you because I share everything with you. I try to be as honest with you as I can, honest to a fault sometimes. Rob Black Show to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639, 800-345-5639 at 910kenny.com. We're taking a blog today, a poll on what show do you want me to do on Friday? And your choices are kids and money, good investing resources, like Barron's, or the biggest financial ret- investment mistakes. Seems like people like the Titanic stories more so than they like the self-help stories. You can vote at 910kdw.com right here, right now. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Coming up at noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. Two headlines made me snicker this morning. When I snicker, it's like a... Do you snicker? Do you giggle? Do you ever giggle to yourself? You know who I hate are those people in the office who will get an email, and it could be a President Obama or President Bush, whichever one you're not. Or whichever one you're in favor for. Someone in the office gets an Obama or a Bush email and they'll go, (laughs) who are those weirdos that feel they have to laugh that loud on something that they're reading on their email? You're a weirdo if that's you. Okay, so the two headlines that made me snicker. Hallelujah. Michigan church wins $70,000 in the lottery. Divine intervention or just plain luck? No matter what the circumstances, a Michigan church is $70,000 richer Courtesy of the Michigan Lottery. 
Now, the Covenant Life Worship Center, and there are 25 members in Haslett, Michigan, they won the second prize tickets in the Lucky Sevens raffle held May 4th. The $10 ticket was purchased at a convenience store five miles northeast of downtown Lansing. Now, the lottery website says the odds of a single ticket winning $70,000 are 1 in 55,556. Okay, you want to know the cold, hard truth? Churches shouldn't be buying lottery tickets. That's offensive. I mean, that is crazy offensive. The odds of winning the big lottery, about one in $6 million. So whenever I see someone doing that, I snicker to myself. And I'm like, thank God I'm not that dumb enough to light a $1 bill on fire. Do you know how offended I would be to find out that my church was going out and buying lottery tickets and not feeding the poor or funding an expedition to get more followers or not... I am so upset at this that it, it, it uh, taking donations and then buying lottery tickets, that's ludicrous. Now, even if you have God on your side, that's ludicrous. Okay, okay, okay. Next uh, story that made me snicker today. And for the record, any of you who buy lottery tickets, I appreciate you because you're going to make me look better in the world order because Darwin's going to pull you back down to earth and he's going to... How shall we say, make me look a little bit better? Also, it's a great way to fund school budgets and things like that. Uh, Pray on the weak. Pray on the poor. Pray on the people who want to try to get rich quick. That's a great way to fund education, state of California. Thank you very much. Okay, so the other headline that made me snicker today was most U.S. money laced with cocaine. (laughs) So this morning I pulled out all my dollar bills and (laughs) nothing. Traces of cocaine. Taint up to 90% of paper money in the United States. group of scientists tested banknotes for more than 30 cities in five countries, including the United States, Canada, Brazil, China, and Japan, and they found alarming evidence of cocaine use in many areas. United States and Canadian currency had the highest levels of the average contamination rate of between 85 and 90%, while Chinese and Japanese currency had the lowest between 12 and 20% contamination. Now, if you think about that, a lot of drug deals and a lot of people, you know, Snoring coke up through their nose with a rolled up dollar bill. Um, but I assure you this morning I got nothing, nothing from trying to get trace remnants off my dollar bills. Let's do an email or two. You got a message. The mail. The mail is here. Ooh. What the hell is email? What's this? A letter for me. You got mail, baby. Yeah. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, doing a couple emails. Email is rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Now, first email says, Dear Rob, love your show. My husband and I may qualify for a loan modification. However, during the trial period, the bank's going to report our loan as delinquent to the credit reporting agencies, even though we were never late on payments. How will this affect our FICO score? Elaine, why do you care? You have a home. You've got most of the big purchases in your life out of the way. Next car you buy, you should buy used, in my opinion, anyway. There's a lot of evidence out there saying that buying a two-year or three-year used vehicle with an extended warranty is the smart way to go. So why do you care about your FICA score? If you're trying to get a mortgage that you really can't afford down to a mortgage that you really can't afford, you're going to take a hit. Because guess what? You couldn't afford it. It's easy to improve your credit score over a three- to five-year period, but Right now, you're burning cash that you may not have otherwise available to you later in life. So we, as a nation, get too caught up on our, our credit score. You know who credit score is really important to? 
20-year-old kid coming out of college. I often tell people, you know, you can put your kids in chains and beat the snot out of them. You can walk them around parks on a leash for all I care. Just don't let them ruin their FICA score. Don't let them ruin their credit score. In large part, when they come out of college, they want to buy a new house. They want to buy a new car. And they're going to be paying more so than their friends are. I don't think they should be buying a new house until you're 30, 35 years old minimum and settle down in an area that you plan on staying in for your life. I don't think buying a new car ever makes sense. So unless you're fabulously wealthy and want to show women how powerful you are because you drive a Mercedes or a BMW. People who buy BMWs or Mercedes and don't have a million dollars in the bank, I laugh at you. You're a joke. You're an ego that needs to be fed. Living, breathing ego. Okay. Next email comes to us from TK. TK says, just want to drop you a line to say hi. I love the Rob Black things he hates show. Absolute hilarious. You're my new hero. I try to quote you at least once a day. But he says, in all seriousness, I love your shows, both radio and television, and the great insight you give. I knew nothing about finance before I found out about you, and now I'm doing my best to max out my 403B, my 457, and my Roth IRA. I'm always on the lookout for the best way to save or get the best deal. Um, I guess there's no email there, um, but that's very kind of TK to say. And I assure you that at some point in time, financial media goes away from me, and I can't wait because I want to get away from this. I want to you know, coach Little League soccer. I want to uh, you know, open up a bar. I want to do other things, but financial media has been wonderful to me, but down the road, it will end. So um, make sure you learn what you can learn in life and understand that a lot of the financial advice you get out there are from crooks and snooks. Um, for instance, I was listening to a financial radio station this weekend, and a guy named Robert Helms comes on, and he's a real estate guy, and he's going to have this big, you know, uh, financial this financial get together soon. <laughs> Helms is a joke. Helms is one of those people who has a high school degree who didn't have enough uh, mental capacity to get to college, but he looked around and he tried to figure out, hey, how can I make money? So he got into real estate. And he got you into Vegas real estate. He got you into Phoenix real estate that's down 50 to 60%. So as always, what are these crooks and schnooks willing to do? They're willing to talk about the church of what's working now. Hey, everybody, come out now. And now may be the best time to do this. Now may be the best time to do that. And they forget to tell you, oh, I screwed your life over. Or I screwed everyone's life over three years ago, five years ago. I didn't really know what I'm doing. But I'll buy, he buys a radio show. He does what's called an infomercial. Um, He's not on the radio because he's good. He's on the radio because he pays radio management $300 an hour. You too could have a radio show. Whether you're um, Heidi, the Swedish masseuse, and you can come on and go, hello, I'm Heidi, the Swedish masseuse, and I give good back massages, and I'm the best in the world, and I can release all your tension. Um, If she's got $300, radio is willing to say, come on in. And she could be a, a masseuse that relieves all your tension, and she can get a lot of business that way. Or you could be Robert Helms and do a real estate show and say that you're an expert. It's a bunch of crap is what it is. Um, I think infomercials should have a little bit more flags around them. I.e., this person may sound like an expert, but they're not. Remember the two midgets who sell real estate? That infomercial that's on TV? Love those guys. They make me giggle. But I want to buy real estate from them. But they do make me giggle. Something about two midgets. Being surrounded by full-size, beautiful models, which, let's face it, that won't even happen in the real world. That'll happen in the infomercial world only. (sighs) So I watched Tongue last night. Enjoy that show. It's subtle. 
It's a subtle show. Watch my true blood. Like that show. It's graphic. There's nothing subtle about it. Entourage, it's starting just to stink. It's just boring at this point in time. HBO needs to cancel that show. One more email from Sue. She says, my husband was off work for nine months during that time that we incurred a lot of credit card debt in order to keep our house. $40,000, which includes some we already had. Now, he has a job, and we're saddled with these monthly payments. My question is to you, should we take out a 401k to pay it off? We're 48 years old and have roughly about $175,000 in a 401k. I know it's not a good situation either way. I just can't see getting ahead with such high payments and credit cards each and every month. Sue, you're going to hate this. Fiscal conservatives, plug your ears for a second. Sue, it might be better for you to go bankrupt than to pay it off with your 401k. The money that you saved in your 401k, you didn't pay taxes on. So if you take it out early, you got to pay taxes on it and a penalty. So for every dollar in your 401k, it comes out roughly at 60 cents, maybe less. So I would not take from a 401k. The way bankruptcy laws are set up in the United States, they can't go after your retirement savings. And they can barely go after your home. Other assets, they can go after. Bankruptcy laws are there for a reason. Our government in their divine wisdom has said certain people are going to fail in life. If you can't find it in your budget to cut out cable TV or smoking or restaurants, cable TV is going to run you about $700 a year, minimum. Restaurants, every time you go out with that, what's that, $50, $60? That's going to be $700 plus per year. If you can't find it in your budget somewhere, borrow money from a family member or consider bankruptcy. Or consider the worst financial thing to do, tap into that 401k. That's my advice to you, Sue. I'm sticking to it. I'd prefer you find the money in your budget and or pick it up a job at Domino's or something. 800-345-5639. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Talk 910 KNEW, helping you make sense of the complicated world of money and finance. This is Rob Black. Dell is selling a mobile phone. Sounds like a bad idea, right? Wrong. They're selling it in China. China doesn't realize that Dell can't sell mobile phones as well as Apple and other people can. So China Mobile has set up a relationship. It's a cooperation with Dell to sell a new handset. It's going to be known as the Mini 3i, and it's going to support applications from China Mobile's online store, which was launched on Monday, offering music, games, videos, and other entertainment programs for download to mobile phones. Let's get to a phone call. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Michael in Alameda. Hey, Rob. Good morning. Hey, uh, my question is, I wanted to know, my wife and I are considering long-term care insurance, and my question is basically... At what age uh, should we consider uh, purchasing uh, long-term care insurance? How old are you, Michael? Uh, 45. And how wealthy are you? Um, I'd say probably middle of the road. I mean, we're a little behind the power curve, maybe around 200 k combined with our 401K and stuff. 
Okay. You don't a couple things. Um, do either of your parents need long term care? No. No, they don't. It's like my dad basically worked till sixty and then he died of a heart attack. My mom has been pretty self sufficient, but we got her a nurse two years ago. Um, she's seventy five plus at this point in time. So I'm a, a I'm a candidate. If I skew towards my mom, I'm not a candidate if I skew towards my dad. And I'd say I'm going to skew probably more towards my dad because I don't sleep well and I work long hours and I drink. Um, so I think I'll be dead long before um, I hit that nursing age, so to speak. Now, the other factor would be how much money do you have? And you really only want to get long-term care insurance and thanks for the call. You insure things that you can't afford to lose. Disability insurance from age 20 to 60, the most powerful thing you have is your income. So you get disability insurance in case you lose the ability to earn income. From For life insurance, um, you can't afford to lose your life if your wife counts on your income. So you get life insurance, term life insurance. Um, you can't afford to lose your income. If you die, you lose your income. So you get term life insurance for you if you have a kid. So you get ins- like medical insurance. You don't want to use it. You want to use it if you truly need it. Um, you know, I think that's the basic right idea for most people to grasp. Long-term care is a little bit trickier because it's going to cost you about $80,000 from age 50 to about age 80, 85. It's going to cost you $80,000. That's a lot of money. And you know, like, whoa. So you don't insure something $80,000 for $200,000. You know, you said you had about $200,000 in your retirement plan. You insure about a million dollars, $2 million dollars. With this, and you insure it if there's a likelihood. Now, you may also insure the wife versus the husband, especially if you're a 50 year old man who married a 40 year old woman. She's going to live a lot longer than you by herself, and she's going to be living a lot longer in times where she's not earning income. She's drawing off the nest egg. So, there's no right answer on when you do it. I think the correct answer is when you're wealthy and around 50 is when you look into it. Um, but long-term care is when you basically get too old that you can't remember which pills to take. So you have a nurse come to your house and help you with that. Long-term care is when you um, are dying of cancer and someone comes into your house and changes your diaper because you can no longer get up because you're too weak and you're literally wearing a diaper at this age. Long-term care is nursing in the home. Long-term care is issues along those lines. So it's a little bit more complicated than I stated, but I think that's the right answer to give to you on radio. Now, one piece of news that I didn't get to last week that I wanted to get to was the rail industry. The rail industry is the choo-choos. It's trains. Credit Suisse talked about railroad carloads dropping 17% year over year. That's consistent. Carloads have been eerily steadily consistent for the last couple of weeks. But they're also anticipating better days ahead. Okay. They think that northern southern... Norfolk Southern. Basically, 50% of its auto-related business comes from Ford. So Ford's selling more cars, but they're going to ship them via Norfolk Southern. Increases in auto production directly translate into growth and demand for steel, metallurgical coal, and chemicals. Again, that's exactly what the trails do. They ship these things coast-to-coast all over the United States. Now, there are... Incredible bargains in the train companies right now. I want you to look at Canadian National Railway, ticker symbol CNI. I want you to look at Canadian Pacific, CP, Norfolk Southern, 
NSC, Burlington Northern, BNI. Union Pacific is UNP. CSX is, oddly enough, a company called CSX. So, are railroads right for you? Uh Uh-uh. They could be right for you. They're a transportation stock. You probably have a lot of financials. You probably have a lot of tech stocks. That's kind of what, those are the sexy areas, right? You don't stop and think, maybe I should own a train company. I just rattled off two, three, four, five, six, seven rail companies. That's about all there are. If I had a seven-fingered hand, I could count on one hand how many train companies that look interesting. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Now, again, would I buy a train company for the short term? Uh Uh-uh. Would I buy a train company because Ford's selling more uh, cars? Uh Uh-uh. But I would start making a case for it. Now, video game sales last week, I made a mistake. And every now and then when I can correct myself, I will. Video game console industry revenue is going to take a 29% drop year over year. Now, I incorrectly thought they actually took a 29% drop year over year. But the truth is, is that's video games sold at retail, not video games that downloaded. The three major players of publishing video games, Microsoft Electronic Arts and um, Activision, now all have their own platforms or platforms like Steam where you can download video games. And that's not counted in video game sales, even though they're making twice as much as they do through retail. Keep in mind, retail typically has 100% markup. If a video game sells for 40 bucks, they'll sell it to Best Buy for 20 bucks, and Best Buy will sell it for 40 and make their money that way. So the markup, when you do a download, you get a much bigger, fatter piece of the, the, your own profit, so to speak. So I was incorrect on my analysis on the video game industry. Hmm. And that was just because I didn't know they were not including the downloads. It took me a little time to figure that out. I couldn't quite figure it out, but ultimately I did. This Thursday, I'm going to be in Los Gatos uh, doing a wealth preservation retirement planning seminar. You can sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com. Uh, hopefully, I do see you out there. That would be a lot of fun. And um, again, that's for people who are 40, 50, 60 heading towards retirement. they got a big chunk of change already. It's not creating wealth. It's protecting it and managing it. I'll do a creating wealth later in the year, I promise. Uh, you can find out more about me at robblack.com, robblack.com. Otherwise, I'll be back in 22 hours on the Rob Black Show. Talk 910 KNEW. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.